Several years ago, when I first, well, actually over a decade ago, I should say now, uh, when I first started this channel, one of the first videos I uploaded was uh, talking about the romance when it comes to Chippendale Rescue Rangers character, Gadget Hackwrench, and basically why it kind of played an integral part. And I gave my thoughts on it, and basically overall, um, a lot of people have talked about the whole... Um, you know who would the whole situation of who would Gadget end up with um, had they gone that direction? Had the people behind the series like Cad Stones and all of them gone in that direction? Because one of the uh, one of the subplots, if you will, one of the interesting uh, sub arcs uh, to the uh, series, at least for comedic effect, if not affection and cute effect, was the fact that Chip and Dale would both always fight over or squabble over the attentions of, of Gadget, or basically try to win over her attention, win her affection, if you will. And throughout the series, you would start seeing several uh, instances of this occurring or manifesting itself, if you will, throughout. But the reason this was kind of like the sub-arc, kind of acute, um, kind of comedic at times, affectionate-like sub-arc that was added to the show was because of the fact that it was kind of a callback, if not a total callback, to the Chippendale short back from the 1950s and 60s called Two Chips and a Miss, where Chippendale were both doing the same thing, and that's fighting over the affections of a female chipmunk lounge singer named Khalees. So basically what happened here, in my opinion, is Tad Stones and several others decided to bring that over to Rescue Rangers and have them do that uh, or basically have them incorporate that into the series and have both Chip and Dale do the same thing here, but this time it's with Gadget. However, there were some interesting scenarios thrown within uh, the series that kind of, you know, allowed for, for, you know, for the fans to interpretate who they felt Gadget should be with because you would have some other interesting scenarios uh, playing a factor into the whole romance deal when it came to who would end up with Gadget and who would Gadget choose and vice versa kind of stuff. So as a bit of a celebration or to tie in with the announcement on Monday that the live action CGI Chippendale Rescue Rangers film will begin filming uh, this spring 2021 in the Los Angeles area and will be exclusively shown on Disney Plus, not theatrically, but Disney Plus, along with the fact that you have uh, the people behind the 2017 to present uh, DuckTales reboot cartoon coming out and telling Sci-Fi Wire uh, that they are planning to try to maybe expand on this Disney Afternoon verse or universe that they created within the DuckTales uh, series and basically create some new series to go along with it, that with the recent announcement that Disney is focusing more on streaming or wanting to make the streaming services a main platform to focus on, you could probably end up seeing some of these series end up there exclusively before maybe jumping over to like Disney Channel and Disney XD. However, for this video though, like I said, we're going to talk about the romance perspective when it comes to the character Gadget Hackwrench. And basically, for my personal opinion, because I've mentioned this many times before, who I think she may have ended up with had Tad Stones and 
the rest of the creative crew behind the series gone in that direction and when I believe it could have happened, as well as kind of bring up the other interesting scenarios that kind of allowed fans, even to this day, to interpretate who they think Disney would have uh, had Gadget go with in the series because of these different scenarios. Now, when it comes to Gadget, basically, and the whole romance thing for her in the series, uh, it basically all began uh, from an origin standpoint from the third part of Rescue Rangers to the Rescue, which was the five-part pilot. Uh, basically, when Gadget removes her helmet and reveals her, reveals her full face and hair and all that, and she turns uh, towards Chip and Dale, almost, almost immediately Chip and Dale are twitterpated, as quoted in the classic Bambi film, they are twitterpated the moment they see Gadget. And basically when she introduces herself and offers her hand in like a friendship kind of way, a handshake, Chip's the first one to take it, say, you know, hi, I'm Chip. But then you see this look on Dale like, ooh, you know, no you don't, and just pushes him out of the way, and he offers his hand almost immediately afterwards. Like he just pushes, shoves, uh, or not shoves, but he just pushes Chip out of the way. So you got the inkling right there already that there's going to be some kind of competition between the two to try to win her affections. And... You see this even afterwards when they, you know, end up in the destination where they have to be because of the story, you know, needing them to be there, the plot needing them to be there. And when Gadget is kind of down a little bit, they encourage her to pick herself back up and say, hey, look, you know, you're, you're not your father, you're you, you need to be you, and you, being who you are, an inventor, can get us out of this scenario that we're currently in. And that's enough to encourage her to the point that she hugs uh, both Chip and Dale. And you see this expression, like, ah, this feels so good kind of deal coming coming off of the faces. That even after she's done hugging him, you see Dale kind of still have that look on his face like, ah, I mean, you know, I've been hit with Keeper Zero or something like that. So, anyway, though, uh, basically you kind of get the idea or you kind of get the foundation if you will kind of the beginnings of what would like I say be kind of an on and off situation throughout throughout the series in fact it would serve as sort of a as I mentioned a cute I I think I mentioned this (laughs) at the beginning a cute sub arc affectionate cute sub arc if not for comedic relief as well if not sometimes if the story has to uh actually has to use it to be a part, a partial foc- focus point, if you will. Like I said, you know, even if the story has to utilize it to be somewhat of a partial focus point, uh, basically, you get the idea, you basically get the beginnings here in the origin story of basically Chippendale, you know, having this pining for Gadget's affections. Like, they want to be with her. They They want her to choose one of them, or something like that. But what's interesting is that even though Rescue Rangers to the Rescue was the pilot and was the basically the premiere for the series back in 1989 in syndication and in primetime, uh, for me here uh, in Northern California, in the Central Valley Bay Area, that would have been KTVU Channel 2, or Fox 2 now, uh, um, as it's known, 
Uh, basically, before that, you had the Disney Channel preview episodes that came out in the March in in the March and spring time of 1989, March April springtime of 1989, and it was initially there that you kind of got the idea that Chippendale had a thing for Gadget. In fact, one of the first episodes, in fact, the very official first episode ever shown, Cattery's not included. You have Chip sweet-talking Gadget by saying that he has complete confidence in her work. This gets her kind of in the mood. And then here comes Dale, and he's taking advantage, seeing that Gadget's kind of in that mood now, kind of showing his support as well. And he's the one out of the two in that very episode that gets the furthest when it comes to, you know, getting really personal, if you know you know what I mean, with, with Gadget. Because, you know, Dale's kissing up kissing up her arm, basically get Because what Dale does, does is he's kissing Gadget's arm and he's working himself up to, you know, to her face to, like, do the kiss on the lips kind of deal. And he's only uh, blocked, if you if you know what I mean. If he, He's only uh, uh, blocked, if you know what I mean, or I'll, I'll just say, because... Hopefully, you know, dear God, it doesn't get me in trouble. He's cock-blocked, if you will, uh, by by Chip. He's cock-blocked by Chip because, you know, Monterey comes up with this idea that maybe, uh, you know, certain others should go a separate in a separate direction or go split up and, you know, search in, you know, have one group search in another direction while another group heads in another direction. And Chip's like, hey, that's a great idea, and basically takes that, idea that Monterey, you know, just gave out of nowhere and basically takes advantage of it and he grabs Dale and tosses Dale saying, here, take Dale with you, <laughs> you know, just to get him out of the, get him out of the picture kind of deal because I guess, you know, Chip, you know, focusing on the case feels, hey, Dale's a better companion for you than I am. Here, you take Dale. I'll stay with Gadget. So yeah, basically as far as the very first episode, Cattery's not included, you kind of got that scenario, um, you know, within the series of, you know, this is something that's going to be constantly going on for quite some time, if not throughout, and be that kind of cute sub-arc, uh, that cute, affectionate, comedic sub-arc um, that's needed to help drive the series and get people's attention. But, here, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. Um, I mentioned that there will be several scenarios brought into the equation that would allow fans to interpretate and maybe even think, hmm, is Disney kind of hinting that, you know, Gadget might go with this character instead of the other? Let me explain. Okay, now, when I talk about different scenarios um, in the series that kind of would make fans interpretate, if not think, maybe you know, that Disney might consider putting Gadget with one or the other when it comes to either Chip or Dale. One of the first instances, of course, is those original uh, March to April, spring 1989 episodes. And the episode I'm talking about is Adventures in Squirrel Setting. And in this episode, we're introduced to the character Tammy the Squirrel, who becomes immediately crushed or crushing, if you will, or smitten, if you will, twitterpeated uh, with Chip. And all because Chip saved her from falling, um, you know, out of a tree or from the grasp of Fat Cat's hands. Because, uh, long story short, Fat Cat had stolen a priceless artifact called the Maltese Mouse. And basically, the only way he got it back was holding, um, 
this one mother squirrel's uh, kids ransom or hostage. And when he finally gets it back, um, he ends up, you know, you know, he does live up to his end of the bargain by saying, oh, yeah, you'll get him back as long as I get the mouse. But being the typical, you know, villain that he is, he says, OK, here you go. Catch. And he just drops them. And Chip ends up saving Tammy. And because of that, Tammy becomes very smitten with him. And uh, this is played throughout uh, the ser- uh, throughout the episode where Tammy is so smitten with him that when the Rangers offer to take the kids in for the night so the mother can entertain um, her guests that night, or her friends, whatever they had planned or whatever, <laughs> if you know what I mean, uh, basically, Tammy takes that opportunity to kind of re- try to win over Chip. In fact, she even tells her mom in an embarrassing way, you know, I'm too old to be babysat, but I'll go along just to help Chip with the baby. And... Again, it's through their stay at Ranger headquarters that she tries to win over Chip's affections. Chip's all right with it at first, but he, then he starts to get a little annoyed. Like, you know, wh- you know, it's like, okay, what is this girl trying to do? It's like she's pushing her luck kind of deal. And it gets to a point that Chip basically blows up at her. He, he blows up at her. And, you know, she says, basically what happens, what causes him to blow up at her is not just the fact that she's kind of, you know, pushing things, um, you know, too fast or too quickly, basically pushing herself onto him. But what kind of, I think, puts it over the top is when he's made fun of by, or he's teased by Monterey Jack, Zipper, and Dale. Because basically you have, uh, there's a scenario um, in the episode where uh, basically the Rangers have to take care of something and you know, you know, Chip's trying to compliment compliment Gadget, uh, and you know, in her fast thinking with the Ranger Wing and stuff. And actually, I think it's the Ranger Wing or the Ranger Plane. It's one of them. And Tammy, of course, takes offense to the uh, offense to this to the point that she's the, she actually compliments Chip. She wants to give the credit to Chip, and it's through her acting like this, kind of saying he was so heroic. That you have Dale and Monterey Jack, like I said, uh, teasing Chip about that, mocking what, you know, Tammy just said about him, uh, Tammy just said about Chip, and this is enough to basically get Chip to finally just put his foot down, I guess you could say, and just unload uh, on Tammy, just say, look, enough's enough, stop, you need, you need to stop this nonsense, you need to stop, you know, pretending that you know, there's something here. There's, you know, you you need to get out of this fantasy world is what he's trying to say. And when he's doing this, he's kind of confining her to him in Dale's room, uh, along with her sister, Bink, her baby sister, that is. Tammy says something along the lines that, uh, I guess, really just goes over the edge for Chip, kind of like steps over the line. Uh, and that basically says, you know, we have rescue ranger stuff to do. And Chip's like saying... You know, you're not a rescue ranger. And when she tries to, you know, call him Chipper again in, you know, he gets right in her face and says, and stop calling me that kind of deal. And it hurts her feelings to the point that because she's still smitten, you know, for Chip. She wants to prove herself to Chip that, hey, I'm that someone you need. I could be that special someone in your life. That I'm just as good as this gadget girl that you're smitten over. 
you know, she decides to take her sister and go to Fat Cat's headquarters to try to retrieve the Maltese mouse. So, long story short, what happens is Dale and Gadget see what Chip has done. And basically, when Chip's in the living room and basically sitting down saying, Hey, those kids are a pain. I just, I'm, I'll be sure. Basically, what happens is that, okay, what I'm trying to say, hold on. Okay, uh, basically, getting to what I was saying, uh, Chip basically acknowledges to himself, or says out loud to himself, you know, those kids are a pain. I'll be sure glad when they're gone. This is where, basically, after, you know, like I said, Dale and Gadget witness what he's done, they confront him. They confront him. Gadget's the first one to speak up and says, I can't believe what I just saw out of you. I can't believe you. You hurt her feelings. Feelings? You know, how could you be so hard on her? You have Dale giving him the, you know, bonk on, you know, you have Dale doing the, you know, bonk in the head deal and stating to Chip, she likes you, you dummy. And Chip, you know, he's kind of trying to find the right words, stammering for the right words to say to kind of justify his actions, but they're all giving him, including Zipper and Monterey Jack, they're all giving him this look like, you know, the, the look of basically, uh, yeah, you know what you did, right? You know what you just did, right? And it's enough for Chip to be like, <sighs> you know, you're right, I screwed up. So when he goes to apologize to Tammy and and say that, you know, he really likes her, you know, he likes her really, that's when he discovers what she uh, did to try to, you know, prove herself to him. So anyway, like I was saying, uh, basically Chip goes to apologize because like I said, his friends give him the looks, you know, they're looking straight at him and he's trying to find the right words to justify what he just did, making Tammy sad, upsetting her, you know, making her cry, hurting her feelings. And basically they gave him the look that, I mean, all of them, Dale, Monterey, Gadget, Zippo, they all give him this look like, yeah, you know. What 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 are you saying to try to justify your actions? And and Chip basically gives this heavy sigh, like, uh, "You're right, I screwed up," because basically they're making him realize that you let your emotions get the best of you. And so again, getting back on topic here, or getting back to the point that I left off on, uh, he goes to apologize to her, says that he likes her really, and then that's when they discover. She went to go get the Maltese mouse to try to prove herself to Chip. And this is all confirmed when Gadget's the one to go and get her and rescue her out of Fat Cat's headquarters. Where, you know, she finally just, Tammy herself just lets it out. She says, look, you know, I don't need help. I want to prove to Chip that I'm just as special as you. Because the thing is, Tammy has this mindset that Gadget, that Chip, that Gadget's, in, that, the, that everything Gadget has done is trying to impress Chip, and Gadget has to inform her, look, I'm not trying to do anything like that. I don't know where you got that idea. You know, I'm not trying to impress him or anybody else. And she basically gives her the moral of the story that if you want somebody to like you, be yourself. Don't try to be somebody you're not. And this is enough for Tammy to forgive Gadget and kind of have now the understanding of, where, or kind of have that understanding of, oh, I, I see what you're saying, you know, kind of, get the idea that she messed up in a way she shouldn't have messed up in. So, again, like I said, you know, Tammy, you know, finally realizing what she's done thanks to Gadget, 
you know, admitting to her, hey, look, I'm not trying to do anything to impress Chip. I don't know where you got that thought process from. So, or do you got that mindset? But, you know, you need to let, if you want Chip to like you, you need to be yourself. You don't need to be somebody that you're not. And again, that's enough, like I said, for, get, for Tammy to have the understanding of, you know, maybe she, maybe just like Chip screwed up yelling at her, that she screwed up basically by not just being herself and realizing, okay, you know, maybe I am pushing myself too far. Maybe I should just be a friend and kind of have an understanding that, you know, this, it may not be exactly what I think it is. Uh, but in the end, she still kind of finds Chip cute and gives him a kiss on the cheek, which makes him blush and everything. And that's the last time for a while that we have any um, characters outside of the main team uh, trying, you know, uh, basically what I'm trying to say is that's that's the last time we have anybody um, outside of the main team when it comes to the whole romance deal involving Gadget. Because, again, this was a scenario that um, just because of the fact that we didn't see Tammy afterwards until way later on in the IDW Boom Studios officially, or the Boom Studios um, retcon or continuation, if you will, soft retcon, if you will, uh, basically, a lot of people would be left up to interpretation. A lot of kids growing up at that time, including myself, we would all be up to interpretation and wondering, hmm, did Disney set up the idea, especially with Tammy kissing Chip at the end, were they setting up the idea that, okay, maybe Chip's going to go with Tammy, and that means Dale, the door's open for Dale to go with Gadget. So, you know, that that was the whole... I mean, that, 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 that there was the whole... Uh, that was the whole um, implication or implication to a lot of us at that time, and even to this day. You know, it makes us wonder if one of the original plans was for Tammy to potentially be that love interest for Chip, and it opens the door for Dale and Gadget. You know, we'll know, we may never know. But like I said, it'll be quite some time before something like this would come up again. Now, after this, and through the rest of the 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 episodes and all that, you know, we would get more hints, Easter eggs, moments to where it would really kind of make, like I say, make the fans think, you know, you know, is Disney trying to say something? Are they trying to imply that this is going to happen or that's going to happen? Because another scenario, um, in my opinion, that really uh, played into the, you know, you know, to the uh, is kind of the question of is Disney hinting kind of deal at this, or are they just throwing that out there to kind of tease potentially that this is a scenario they could go with. Uh, one of those other ones, especially to, when it comes to these earlier Disney Channel uh, episodes that aired in the spring of 89, was one of the final ones they did, which was called Carpet Snaggers. Uh, long story short on this one, Dale and Gadget get stuck on a carpet. They get trapped within a a carpet that's flying off and we later find out that it's an we later find out that the carpets are actually uh circuit uh, have circuits within them that cause them to fly remotely to their destination someone is controlling them and that someone happens to be uh the uh mad scientist Norton Nimnal anyway long story short and I know I'm using that a lot but I want to try to get to the point here uh Basically, what happens is as they're investigating this, one of the, 
as they're investigating the rugs, one of the rugs that they're on comes to life, you know, is uh, brought to life, is turned on, if you will. And basically, while they're running, trying to get off the carpet, Gadget sees some, you know, circuitry sparking underneath the, the carpet and stops just for a moment to notice it, to look at it. And this is enough to get Dale's attention to where Dale has to run back after her and says, Gotta go, Gadget! And as soon as they're trying to get out of there, they get trapped within the carpet and all that. To They get trapped within the carpet. So Monterey and Chip and Zipper have to follow after them. And, well, Zip's the fir- Zipper's the first one to follow after them, and he does catch up with them. Um, but basically what happens is Dale is trying to use all the supernatural items that Monterey gave him to think what he th- to stop what he thinks um, is a magical situation. Um, but what happens is he ends up falling off the initial carpet that they're on onto another that's right below it. And after he falls, all of a sudden he's bonked in the head with this set of pearls that Gadget is using as sort of a rope to climb down. And what happens afterwards is Dale tells Gadget, you know, be careful. And as soon as he says that, what happens? A little bit of gust of wind blows around and kind of loosens her grip and she ends up falling and instead of, you know, de- doing exactly what Dale did, and that's fall right onto the carpet, Dale basically positions himself right, un- basically runs up and positions himself right under there and catches her. He catches her uh, in his arms. And she thanks him by saying, golly, thanks, Dale. And she hugs him, embra- you know, kind of, you know, kind of uh, embraces him a little bit because he caught her like that. And that right there, to me, was one of those initial moments. Besides what we saw in Cattery's Not Included, that was one of those initial moments right there, again, where it made you think, hmm, is Disney, is Tad Stones and Disney teasing something for the future? You know, what's going on? Uh, So besides that moment, uh, we had other moments as well, like, uh, I, I don't know if you could really count it as a moment, um, if you will, but there's an episode, I think, that comes on after uh, To the Rescue, um, after the miniseries To the Rescue is, is taken care of. I'm going to try to look it up right now, see if I could find, I think it's called A Creep in the Deep, I think that's the episode. Yeah, that, yeah, that is, that is the name of the episode now that I think about it. Uh, but basically... Uh, basically, uh, in the episode, at the beginning, well, not right at the beginning, but a little afterwards, the Rangers are at home at headquarters, listening to the report online, listening to, not online, but on television, listen, listening to the news report, and Chip points out, wow, that's a that's a case for us, that's something we should look into, and you have Dale and Gadget on the couch, or on their couch, I guess you consider a couch. And Gadget is kind of doing like a Dale. She's kind of like just lounging back and like, you know, really? You think something like that is, you know, up our alley? Or something like... She she kind of just kind of has this expression like, golly, you think that's really something we should look into? Like, you know, like she's not taking it seriously. And then Dale's just like right next to her and he puts up his, 
uh, one leg onto the other and his hands are on his knee knee when he's done doing that and he's like well well it sounds like a fishy thing to me or fishy case to me you know so you have basically dale and gadget and again i don't know if you really want to interpretate this as being like another tease but you basically have two of them the two of them kind of acting like kind of laid back about it like they know they're gonna like they already know yeah we're gonna probably take this case we'll probably look we're gonna look into it they, they already know it but they're just laid back about it like like really this this is the the next case for us to take you know so you know it's really <laughs> it's really interesting just that one part um but yeah you got you got again if you want to look into that as being like a tease as well but you know that's totally up to you depending depending how you view it uh but again there are other situations other moments throughout uh the series um that that I know that have showcased this um, as well. As a matter of fact, and I'm going to try to find the um, episodes here. Hold on. Here we go. Trying to find the, the episodes. Oh, um, let's see. There's, uh, let's see. Trying to, you might say, okay, so going back to the spring episodes, you might go and say, well, what about Kiwi's Big Adventure? And uh, Kiwi's Big Adventure could kind of play into that because it's Gadget that's kind of concerned about Dale and and uh, basically, you know, like I say, she's kind of concerned about Dale because it looks like Dale may have injured himself because he was trying to help them uh, get out of a situation. But then, of course, she gets upset about the fact that it was all nothing but a ruse because he wanted, you know, to be waited on hand to foot and whatever and I guess maybe you want to take the opportunity to get her affections or something like that um but I, I guess maybe if you look at the early portion of that you could say eh, that's just Gadget being caring and all that that's how she is so you know I don't I, I don't think you could really look into that as being one but maybe the other one that comes before it called Dale Beside Himself um is another example because even though Gadget doesn't know it's an alien a shape-shifting alien uh, impersonating Dale, um, just because they're noticing that Dale's not being Dale, uh, and it's kind of like I say, day in the life, slice of life episode almost for them. Uh, basically, uh, basically what happens is Gadget decides to kind of get Dale to be himself again. That maybe one of the ways Dale could be himself is by having him, you know, join them for a movie. So she kind of plays up the whole flirtatious deal because what she does is she takes the pseudo Dale that she thinks is the a real Dale and she basically says, here, come sit by me because she knows that'll get, that if anything will get Dale to kind of get back to being himself, it's being around her or being close to her. So, you know, there's that and... And then, of course, you have the ending where she hugs the real Dale, just glad to have the real Dale back. Like, you know, hey, you know, just happy to have you back home or back. Because basically, when the basically when um, the the revelation is made that the Dale that was around with them the whole time was a pseudo Dale, and then the real Dale was actually in his place. Um, it it's really kind of uh, it's really kind of interesting. Uh, to say the least, 
But basically the ending is her really hugging Dale, like really tight, to where Dale has the expression like, oh, that feels good, <laughs> kind of deal. Um, anyway, uh, anyway, that's just one of, again, going back to the earlier episodes, that's just one of the um, idea. just one of the, um, I guess you could say, teases of, you know, that Disney and ta- that the creative crew, like, uh, and I'm reading them right here, like Dev Ross and Tad Stones and, and others like Linda Wolventon. Um, basically, you know, basically this is just, like I said, it's just one of those scenarios that they kind of uh, play into, kind of tease a little bit when it comes to, um, you know, making fans wonder who, you know, Gadget would end up with. Like, who would she choose potentially as a love interest? Um, excuse me there, but anyway, besides that, you know, like I said, with, you know, with the exceptions of Dale beside himself, Cattery's not included, Adventures in Squirrel Sitting, and somewhat, if you want to play into it, Risky Business, we wouldn't really see anything, you know, from the romance side of things when it comes to Gadget or anything in the series, we wouldn't see anything coming out of this whole, like I said earlier, a uh, cute, affectionate, comedic sub arc, character arc, if you will. We won't see anything about that until, like I said, we get to part three, which is the origin of how the Rangers came together as a team. But also, you know, origin wise, is the first time we see, um, uh, first time we see, you know, Gadget, you know, or the uh, whole uh, affection, competitiveness between Chip and Dale. When it comes to Gadget's affections. And again like I said. We wouldn't see anything like that. Until way later on in the fall. And I think the next time. We see that. And I'm trying to look here. I think the uh, next time. We kind of see that. Is in a case of stage blight. Where. Uh, basically they think they're going to go see a movie. Right. And there's a nice little jab at Donald. In this one because. When they think they're going to a movie, going to see a movie, you have, uh, they're going down this entrance, this, uh, little smoke entrance that they use, a smoke pipe, and smoke pipe thing that's on the top of a roof sometimes. They go down it, and Dale basically comes back up. He's the first one to go down because he wants to go see this movie, or what he thinks is a movie. And then he pops up after he goes down saying, oh, I hope it involves, I hope it's one of those cartoons that involves that big dumb duck, <laughs> you know? It's a nice little jab there. But when they find out that it's actually an opera, you know, Dale at first doesn't want anything to anything to do with it. And he starts to kind of try to, and he's considering, and he starts to kind of walk off, go back home, because he doesn't want any, he, basically, you know, he doesn't want to have anything to do with watching an opera. And, but as soon as Chip says something, as soon as Chip says, okay, go ahead, fine, you know, Go ahead, fine. You go, go home, enjoy yourself. I'll stay here and enjoy some cultural ed- entertainment. And all of a sudden, bam! All of a sudden, bam! Here comes uh, Dale right back saying, you know, I could, I didn't say I couldn't learn to like it. And he's, and as soon as the moment Dale comes back, like, again, what I'm trying to say is, the moment Chip kind of says, okay, fine, you go home, enjoy yourself, watch whatever you want on TV. I'll stay here and enjoy some cultural entertainment. The moment Dale hears that, he just jumps right back and says, "Hey, I didn't didn't say I couldn't learn 
to like it. And in the moment he says he couldn't learn, he said the moment he says that line of "Hey, I didn't say I couldn't learn to like it." He's leaning towards Gadget because basically he realizes uh, with the tone that Chip put out there of "Okay, you know, I'll stay here and learn, or I'll stay here and enjoy some stuff." Dale knew immediately. Oh no, you don't! I'm not letting this happen. I'm not letting you, you know, take the opportunity. And he jumps right back. Is what he does. You know, he jumps right back and says, "Okay, you know." Because basically, you know, as crazy as it sounds, tying into the whole romance thing with Gadget and the affection that, you know, Chip and Dale are competing over. Uh, basically, you know, Dale jumps back over there or comes back immediately because, like I said, he realizes, oh, you know, Chip could take advantage of this moment to win Gadget over. I'm not going to let that happen. So... He so that's one I guess you could say slight, you know, moment in there or tease of potentially where they could go with it. That I think who wrote that episode? I'm trying to look here. Uh, Dev Ross, Dev Ross throws in there another idea, another big one, and David Wright, David Wise, David Wise, who um, is known for doing work mostly on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the original '80s to '90s show. As well as some work on Transformers G1, David Wise David Wise wrote the episode RoboCat, and this here is one of the bigger examples. One of the bigger examples of, you know, teasing of of, of a writer teasing potentially going in one direction. Because, what happens is. Uh, Gadget looks at um, what happens is basically um, I don't know if they planned it to be like a night out, just like a night to you know do whatever. But basically, what happens is they encounter this Robo Cat that become that is named Tom. And what happens is after the Robo Cat fails. It's protocol, it gets tossed out by the local junk man, if you will. That's the, the description Wikipedia is giving. And Gadget feels sorry for it. She feels sorry for it. And she decides, you know what? Because Gadget, being an inventor herself, feels that you know that's no way somebody be, should be treating an invention. So again, she feels sorry for it. And decides she wants to take it back to headquarters and fix it. And even though Monterey and Chip, Monterey Jack and Chip are against it, you know, Dale is the one that actually supports her. Because he sees an opportunity of, hey, you don't want to support her? I'll support her. I'll win her affection. So basically, because when Gadget points out because when Chip asks Gadget, "Well, how are you going to make it? How are you going to make it a friendly cat? How are you going to fix that? How are you going to program it to do that?" And she points out to Dale's video game, saying, "Hey, you know, we could use his game." And Dale's like, "Yeah, you know, in this game, the dog and cat are friends, sort of." So anyway, long story short. Chip and Monterey are reluctant about this, mostly Chip, because when they decide to finally 
agree to take it back for her to fix it. Chip's like, I know I'm going to regret this. Uh, again, Dale is like the supportive one. He's the one that's like, hey, I believe in you even if he doesn't. So, again, another scenario where, you know, you have one of the characters, one of the chipmunks, if you will, supporting Gadget in a situation to where you would think, you know, the other character, the other the other chipmunk, in this case Chip, is probably right about the whole scenario. Um, anyway, like I said, it's just another um, tease, implication, if you will, put out by the writing staff, the creative staff, to kind of make you wonder, you know, are they going to go in this direction, or are they going to go in that direction? Makes you wonder. And then the episode that follows called Does Pavlov Pavlov Does Pavlov Ring a Bell? I gotta look that word up. It's been that word for me and a lot of fans has been bugging us. Like, what does that mean? Pavlov Pavlov. What what does it mean? Yeah, I'm gonna look this up. Uh, psychologist. Oh, it's the last name of uh, a Russian psychologist. Uh, so Pavlov's Doug's. Okay, so that's why it's called called that. <laughs> I don't think anybody would really guess that at, at first, but anyway, yeah, it does Pavlov. Ring a bell. That's the name of it. Was another big example, but in, but in this case, it wasn't teasing the fact of would Chip end up with Gadget? Would Gadget choose Chip? Would Gadget choose Dale? Because one is supportive of her than the other, or whatever the scenario is. No, this time in does Paul Love ring a bell? Uh, it actually focuses on Gadget, you know, being attracted. It may be somewhat smitten with a new character, a lab rat named Sparky. Now, of course, Chippendale, they don't, you know, help themselves in the, in the scenario somewhat throughout the episode because they're trying to be competitive to the, they're letting the jealousy and the competitiveness, not just with each other, but now against this new rival, this new rival for her affection. And... Uh, you know, basically get the best of them, basically blind them to the fact that, okay, you know, and it isn't until the end of the episode where Chip's the one, both of them, through Chip, that is, though, kind of acknowledge, look, you know, maybe we're, you know, maybe, maybe we were hard on you because we felt that Gadget was going to leave you for us, was going to leave us for you. And we kind of understand that if you're the one she wants to be around the most, we get that. And it's enough. And that's enough. The admittance right there is enough for Gadget to understand why they had acted the way they did. And But the episode, it can end peacefully. It can end on a, on a high note, if you know. It's still got to end on a very comedic note. And it does, because when she hugs them both... And the hug is kind of like a callback to the hug she gives them initially in To the Rescue Part 3. You know, 
Dale's like, did you hear that? She says, no one can replace me. And then Chip chimes in like, what do you mean you? She said me. And, you know, kind of, like I said, kind of goes back and forth on the deal. Uh, and that's how the episode ends. Uh, but yeah, it's... Uh, but yeah, basically... Basically, this was one episode where it made you think, you know, is Disney actually going to, you know, open the door now for Chip and Dale to go with other characters? Is it opening the door for Chip to go with Tammy now and maybe Dale for, with somebody else? You know, it was opening that door, or if you will, in the eyes of a lot of fans, but then the ending kind of like shut that door a little bit and still kind of made you wonder, okay, you know, it's not just Chip or maybe Dale or anybody else. That could be, um, you know, attracted to or attracted by um, out characters outside of the team. You know, it's also Gadget as well. So that was really uh, so. And again, this was a really telling episode because, uh, despite how you might feel about the Sparky character, um, basically. Uh, basically, according to Wikipedia, they said it best here. Because of this, the uh, the struggle between Chip and Dale to get Gadget's attention, her affection, gets ugly. And it gets to a point, basically, like I said, when they see this outside rival coming in and threatening the pos the position, the, the opportunity, you know, that's when it gets a little out of hand until they realize, okay, we screwed up, we shouldn't have done that. So anyway, the next one after that um, is Seer, is Seer, that's S-E-E-R, Seer, No Evil. And basically, it has to deal with this fortune teller that Monterey bumps into, meets up with after the longest time, that predicts that Chip's going to be terminated. He's going to be killed. And all the other predictions she's made for the Rangers comes true, uh, except for Chips. Because, yeah, it looks like Chip's dead, but, oh, it looks like the prediction comes true, but then it turns out that, no, it wasn't. He actually found a way to avoid getting killed by <laughs> jumping into a hole. And then, I guess, for the audience, we all start to get the idea of, oh, wait a minute, maybe this Cassie character that Monterey knew is not really on the up and up, and maybe she's in cahoots. Uh, or maybe she's in cahoots with these uh, with these other characters, or these uh, villains or criminals that they uh, encounter. But the reason I bring this up is basically there's a couple of moments at the end, you know, you know, there's a couple of moments in the episode at the end and at the end that kind of teases. That again opens that door of, oh, are they teasing that Chip's going to be with Gadget and Dale might be with somebody else? You know, it, it kind of opens, it kind of teases and makes that implication because you have Chip in one scene saying he's going to win a prize for, you know, because when you go to a carnival, they have those little um, games, those mini games that you go up to to try to win a prize. So Dale, so Chip basically says he'll, you know, he'll step up and try to win a prize for Gadget, which kind of shows the a little bit of affectionness and all that. And, of course, Dale has to step in and try to outdo him or not want to risk that chance of losing his opportunity at winning Gadget's affections. But anyway, you have that one moment right there. 
And then when it's revealed that Chip is alive, not dead, uh, because of the prediction that turns out to be false, you have Gadget hugging him, and then you have uh, hug her hugging him at the end when he says, hey, you can't rely on some kind of... Um, you can't rely on a um, gypsy's um, fortune-telling that could be false or something like that, and she hugs him because of that. So, and that's how the episode ends there. And, you know, Chip's kind of breaking the fourth wall when the iris fades, when the fade, when the fade iris comes in to close the episode, you have him winking at the, at the crowd and all that, or the audience. So it kind of makes you think, uh, it kind of makes you think that, um, again, they're teasing the fact that, you know, you know, Chip could end up, uh, Gadget will end up choosing Chip. Now this episode, Seer No, Seer No Evil is written by, Julia Leward, or Leward, or Leward, Ju- Julia Leward. So obviously it seems like she might have been in the camp, maybe of, maybe in the camp of doing Chip and Gadget as an item. But then you get to Chocolate Chips. And it's right at the beginning, you know, they're on this safari, kind of a vacation. And it's basically in this this one scene in here where Dale kind of is talked into or manipulated by Chip, if you will, to giving up sweets, giving up chocolate, because he has a chocolate addiction very similar to Monterey's cheese addiction. So basically, he gets talked into to uh, he gets talked into giving up on sweets, and when Dale. Because basically Chip kind of manipulates him into doing that. And when Gadget hears he's going to do that, even though it's reluctant, like Dale's like, well, well I, I, I didn't say anything like that. Gadget goes up to him and hugs him, kind of rubs her cheek next to him, saying she's proud that he's doing that. So, okay, there's that one instance. But then we get a couple of episodes later, and we get to another episode written by Dev Ross. And this episode, whether or not, uh, basically, uh, the the Rangers are planning to, you know, have a fun day, kind of like a day off, go swimming, enjoy themselves. And uh, there's a moment at the beginning where Gadget kind of, I, I guess, builds this weather machine to kind of predict what the weather's going to be, the temperature. And Dale's the first one, and I'm surprised Chip didn't say anything about this. But Dale's the first one to go up to her and say, Gee, Gadget, only you you could come up with something as good as this. Or something like, or rather thingamajingy, whatever. Because, you know, Dale being Dale, he can't really pronounce what Gadget just said or what she just called it. So he basically says it, he kind of refers to it as best he can, but he's shown a lot of affection. He's kind of like taking the opportunity to kind of sweet talk her a little bit, which she enjoys, which she likes. And kind of, I think she's a little, um, you know, because he's kind of flirting with her in that moment. And she kind of uh, accepts it, um, if you will. So it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool to see that. Um, And then the next, and then uh, basically we wouldn't get another, um, basically we wouldn't get another, um, take on that uh, another kind of scenario when it comes to 
you know, the gadget romance, we wouldn't get another scenario until about, what is it? About, according to this, four episodes later, if not five episodes later, because of <laughs> of what we get. So, all right. So, the first scenario is Song of the Nightingale. And this was written by Tad Stones. And something tells me, I've always had the suspicion that Tad Stones may have favored Dale being with Gadget. Because... You have uh, basically Gadget invents the Ranger Ring, and you would think, okay, she could choose Monterey. She could choose Chip, right, to be like the first pilots to help out. Or she'll just be the first one to pilot it, if you will. No. Who, who, does, who does she choose? She chooses Dale. And basically, she. Because <laughs> what happens is Dale comes out with this flight outfit. And he hops in the pilot seat, and and Chip's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what are you doing? And Gadget has to explain, oh, I, I talked to Dale earlier, told him what I wanted to do, and I wanted to tell, uh, basically Gadget explains to Chip, oh, I, I, to I talked to Dale earlier, and I explained to him what I wanted to do. <laughs> so, it's like, okay. And the moment... <laughs> I, I just can't, I can't stop talking about, I can't stop laughing about this moment. Because the mo because immediately after Gadget says, explains to Chip what she, why Dale's in the pilot seat and is going to be flying the plane, Dale looks at Chip and just, Dale just looks at Chip and goes, you know, gives him the raspberry, sticks his tongue out of him, um, if you will. Um, anyway... Anyway, um, again, it's to me. To me, it's obvious right with this episode that Tad Stones and the next two people, and the and the two people that wrote the next episode, I believe, were firmly, firmly in the camp of Dale and Chip. Although, again, going back to uh, what was it, uh, Seer No Evil, you would think the that Julia girl was in the camp of Chip and Gadget. But we'll talk about that in a moment. Anyway, the the episode is really fun. It's a really interesting episode. And it does end with them not only solving the mystery of what's going on around there, uh, but it ends with, you know, not only Chip apologizing to Dale saying, hey man, sorry we thought you were crazy and all that. It's Gadget that follows up on that and says, no, Dale, we were the one. It's Gadget that follows up on that by saying, No, Dale, we're the ones that were crazy. And then she hugs him real tightly, saying, Crazy about you. Crazy about you. And it's like, Okay. It's like, Okay, what was. That was something. Because you have Gadget being the one that builds off of what Chip, uh, Chip's apology by saying, No, we're the ones that were crazy. Crazy about you hugging him and saying and hugging Dale real tightly when she says that. And there's a lot of people I heard that actually <laughs> mocked that moment when they would review it or they and they would talk about it. There was a lot of people that mocked that moment, that ending, by saying by stating that, ooh, gadget, she's crazy about Dale. <laughs> you know, all that so <laughs> so yeah, it was um so again, you, 
that somewhat confirmed to me that Tad Stones may have been in that D plus G camp, if you know what I mean. But then you can also add Kevin Hobbs and perhaps maybe somewhat Julia Julia uh, Leward, uh, from who wrote, like I said, who solo wrote uh, See or No Evil. You can probably add her somewhat in in the in the category of both camps, if you will. Because Double O Chipmunk, to me, solidified that the writers, the creative staff, had their preferences as well. And I think more along the lines of Kevin Hopps, along with Tad Stones, were the ones that were kind of in the camp of Dale and Gadget, while Julia was more in the camp of maybe Chip and Gadget, and maybe at times would dabble with Dale and Gadget, but basically in the long run would leave that door open uh, for anything to happen, for the fans to interpretate um, any kind of uh, possibilities, if you know what I mean. So, basically, um, it's in this episode where Dale wants to emulate uh, his favorite spy uh, called Dirk Suave, who's a parody of 007, James Bond. So, what happens is Dale decides at night, when everybody's asleep, to sneak into Gadget's workshop, take one of his tuxedos and outfits it in and basically outfits it into a spy suit, a super spy suit, which not only wakes everybody up and they see what's going on, but impresses all the impresses them, mostly impresses Gadget, because all of a sudden she's seen, along with us, this side of Dale that we've never seen before, a very inventive, creative side, which leads, I believe, into her wanting to help him live his dream. Because what happens is, basically, he accidentally drops one of his smoke bombs, or smoke bomb, smoke bomb cufflinks. So she has to basically air dry. Uh, she uses an, an air, a hair dryer to, you know, basically blow out all the smoke and all that. And basically, she sees Dale just sitting on the edge of a branch, or the entranceway, or the branch that's the entranceway into into the headquarters. She sees him there, just slumping, just downhearted. And, you know, she tries to encourage him by saying, you know, why don't you try to get some sleep, Dale? And Dale's like, you know, I'd mess that up too. And, you know, he's just downhearted, and it, you know, and everything. And, you know, he's just, he's just broken, if you will, because, you know, he's basically what Dale was trying to do was prove that he could be more than what he is, more than just comic relief. He could be, you know, support, he could be a major part of the team by being creative and inventive and maybe even having his own identity to, to, to help out. And basically, you know, as soon as him and Zippa walk back into headquarters, headquarters brokenhearted and everything, you know, by saying that, yeah, you know, I'm good at making everybody laugh when I mess things up. You know, that's enough for Gadget to, you know, being someone that obviously knows how he feels, to look at the suit, look at the hard work he put into it, have tears coming down her eyes saying, you know what, if Dale wants to be a super spy, I'm going to help him. And yeah, she does. She does. In fact, somebody that did a Best of Gadget compilation 
uh, here on YouTube or on YouTube basically um, basically they kept basically after she says she's going to help him they have this line uh, they put in this um, text in the middle of it saying and yeah she goes way too far in doing so because the next day we we see that there's an we hear that there's a knock on the door hold on guys sorry about that I think I just heard one of those Apache copters outside that was weird <laughs> uh, but anyway like I said this one person uh, basically uh, puts in a text after Gadget says she's going to help Dale he transitions to a text he puts on the screen saying yeah and she goes way too far in doing so because basically what happens the next day excuse me there uh, what happens the next day is Dale and Zippo wake up. They notice that headquarters is empty. And, you know, Dale's figuring, ah, they probably didn't want to be around us because we messed up. But that's not the case because the moment he says that, we get a... The, the moment he says that, all of a sudden you hear this knock at the door. He opens it up. Or it opens, basically it's pushed open while he's trying to open it. And we see this attractive, sultry, voluptuous female mouse. Lipstick, mascara, the whole nine yards, red dress, red high heels, necklace, you name it. And, you know, not only is Dale smitten with her, but she says she's Gadget's cousin. She asks, you know, basically, she asks Dale for his help because the spies after her, stuff like that. So what happens is she ends up giving him this microfilm, which she kind of pulls out out of a certain area of her that she has. Well, basically, she basically gives him this microfilm, you know, and then she pulls out this map out of us, and then she pulls this map out of a certain area, if you know what I mean, a certain upper region, uh, if you know what I mean, and it ends with basically her. Not only giving Dale a code to tell her contacts or give her contacts, but she ends it by kissing Dale right on the lips. I mean, literally. And then you find out later on, or just moments afterwards, that this attractive, voluptuous femme fatale is actually Gadget in disguise. In fact, even Monterey compliments her by saying, Great work, Gadget, just like a real femme fatale. And, you know, Gadget's proud of her saying, you know, proud of that, you know, thanks Monterey for the compliment and is proud of the fact that, hey, this little, you know, little game that they're putting together for Dale is going to help make him feel better. But, and, and then Chip, Chip says something at the end, well, you tell he's jealous, well, he's really jealous, where he's like, you know, you didn't have to kiss him. And Gadget's uh, reasoning was, well, isn't that what all spies, all super spies are supposed to do? <laughs> yeah, like I was saying, I was just double checking to make sure I was right about it. But anyway, uh, basically we find out, as I said, that the voluptuous femme fatale spy is Gadget. And like I said, De uh, Monterey compliments her on that saying, great on the job, bonds the job there, Gadget. And Gadget's like, thanks. Thanks, and she even indicates maybe this game will help Dale feel like a real spy. And then Chip comes in 
with the line by saying, well, you didn't have to kiss him. And as I mentioned, you know, just moments ago, just moments ago, uh, Gadget's like, well, isn't that what the spies are supposed to do? And you can kind of see uh, Chip's expression when she explains that, like, you know, he has this expression on his face, like, seriously? Uh, are you being serious with me on that? So, to me, that was another um, indication, in my opinion, of somebody. I'm thinking more along the lines of Kevin Hopps, more so than Julia. Uh, maybe I could be wrong. Maybe she's, in, like I say, in the camp of both. But that's kind of an example of someone else being in that D&G camp because they didn't have to write in that moment. I, I would assume Julia maybe wrote in that moment saying, well, how would you, you know, make this, how would you make Dale not know this is Gadget? How, what would Gadget do that's not like her to really make Dale think she's a spy? Uh, oh, I know, have her kiss him on the lips. So there you go. But again, that's just a, that's just an example right there uh, another major example, as some people point out, of the creative staff, in this case, Kevin Hobbs and maybe somewhat Julia Lewand, but mostly, in my opinion, Kevin Hobbs, along with Tad Stones in the previous episode, showing maybe some favoritism towards uh, a D&G uh, relationship or romance. Um, the other ones that we have, uh, let's see... Oh, okay, so the next one after that, and I think that is, uh, the next one that follows is actually, uh, according to Wikipedia, seven episodes later, Good Times, Bat Times. Now, again, just like with uh, Adventures in Squirrel Sitting, this is an episode where you have a character on the out, from the outside coming in and showing affection, being attractive, falling for, being smitten, with one of the rangers, and in this case, it's Dale. So, so yeah, basically, uh, what introduced the Foxglove, I, I just did a video on her, uh, an audio video on her uh, mo uh, a couple of days ago, uh, but what introduced the Foxglove, and she becomes, just like Tammy became smitten with Chip, she becomes smitten with Dale. Uh, the only difference, though, the only difference here is Dale, as the episode progresses, becomes more receptive. He becomes more receptive, especially at the end of the, I guess you could say, the second act, where uh, basically, um, excuse me, I was just cracking my knuckles there. I do apologize for anybody that finds that disgusting. Uh, I do apologize. But anyway, what were they saying? Oh, yeah. Uh, basically... Um, in the episode, good in this episode, good times, bat times. Um, unlike Adventures in Squirrel Sitting, and, and Chip, you know, not being receptive to Tammy's affections towards him, Dale becomes receptive later on, like mostly towards the second act of of this episode, because basically what happens is, unbeknownst to Dale until the third act, uh, Foxglove is working with this witch or this wannabe witch called Winifred and Foxlove doesn't really know Winifred's true intentions or what she's really about because she's just trying to find someone to be friends with you know get along with spend time with you know you know be BFFs if not more so and she finds that and she starts finding that more so in the Rangers and Dale 
uh, than she ever had with, with Winifred. So anyway, uh, basically, as I was saying, it's towards the second act where Dale starts to become more receptive of Foxglove's affections because, you know, what happens is, you know, you know, Foxglove, you know, tells Winifred, look, I'll go get your moon rock for you, moon rock for you or anything, you know, or I'll go get this moon rock that you want for your spell. And what happens is that Winifred, instead of letting her do that, you know, decides to spy on her and notices that the moon rock has, the moon rock has already been removed and it's in the hands of the rangers and she decides to go and take care of it herself. Um, anyway, what happens is we transition to where, okay, after we see Gadget pull the moon rock out of the uh, the bag, bagpipe express, as she calls it, one of the pipes, if you will, it transitions to basically the next morning where um, Dale is the one picking up or trying to lift the moon rock. So in other words, he volunteers, I guess, to get up the next morning and lift the moon rock and I guess put it into Ranger headquarters or move it somewhere to where they could get to it later to return it to the museum or something. Um, anyway, what happens is Dale's fumbling with it, trying to, you know, grab it and try to, you know, control it, and he bumps into Foxglove, and I guess because no one's around, he's more receptive to be around her and talk to her, still a little shy, uh, you know, still a little shy and everything, you know, and he's asking, okay, you know, I could see that you're hanging around, but I want to know why you're always hanging around. And, you know, she tries to butter up to him by saying, hey, I thought maybe a, a guy like you would invite a girl to, you know, breakfast and all that. And uh, Dale basically, like I say, is kind of shying off a little bit. He says, oh, you don't want to eat breakfast here, not today. And, you know, and she's like, well, why not? And, and I guess, and I guess, who, who, who wrote this? Oh, this episode was written by Bruce Talkington. So I guess Bruce was maybe in favor of giving Dale a love interest outside of the team. So anyway, uh, basically Dale, you know, like I say, he's trying to shy off a little bit, you know, because he's still kind of like, you know, not there yet, but he will be moments and just moments later. So what happens is Dale basically says, oh, you don't want to eat breakfast here. And when Foxhoff asks why not, he says, oh, because it's Gadget's day to cook and everything tastes like machine oil. <laughs> it's like you, and a lot of fans always speculated that thing. Well, wait a minute. Does that mean Gadget cooks with machine oil instead of regular cooking oil? You know, something like that. But yeah, Dale tries to use that excuse. And when Foxfield asks, well, when, when is it going to be your turn? And Dale's like, oh, they don't ever let me cook. They think I'm going to, they're afraid I'll break too many dishes. And he falls off into a branch, onto another branch, and then he starts talking, and then I guess he starts saying, opening up a little bit, saying, you know, they kind of think I'm clumsy at times or something. And then it's like, you know, after that, where, you know, Foxcliffe tries to ensure him, look, I don't know where they would get that idea, you know, that's, you know, stuff like that. And then she kind of butters up to him even more so to the point that she's like, you know, I'll just let you finish your morning workout. And Dale's like, my morning what? <laughs> and she's kind of like, well, yeah, weren't you lifting weights? 
And Dale has to explain, oh, no, no, that, that, that thing got stuck in the Bagpipe Express. We, and then all of a sudden, in the moment, and this is where Dale becomes receptive, and he starts realizing, wait a minute, this, this girl does actually have a thing for me, and she doesn't care if I'm clumsy or not, she, she actually likes me for me. So, the moment Dale starts to say, you know, explain that, oh, no, that thing got stuck in the Bagpipe Express, the moment he starts to, the moment he, the moment at first when he tries to say we, he suddenly changes the tone right in mid-sentence because, like I said, he starts to realize, oh, wait a minute. You know, wait a minute. You know, th this girl has a thing for me. She likes me for me. He's, he starts basically bragging. He starts trying to be all impressive and stuff, saying, instead of, instead of going with the we spent all night getting it out, he says, he basically puts the credit on himself saying, I. Spent all morning, all night getting it out. And then he starts kind of in kind of like flexing a little bit and all that. So and basically it's in that moment where line-wise he, instead of admitting that it took all of them, you know, on separate occasions to get the moon rock, moon rock out, he decides to take the credit himself and starts to show off and flirt and impress Foxglove to the point that when she asked if maybe she could take it, maybe for a souvenir, and Dale's like, oh, I don't see why not. This is when Winifred shows up, up and captures them. And Dale's like, I was going to give it to Foxy, not you. And that's the first time right there. That right there was the first time you heard him say, call Foxglove Foxy. And usually, and I said this um, in the video I did on 30 Years of Foxglove, that you don't hear somebody call somebody by a you know, a pet name, if you will, as some people would call it, unless they're now attracted to them as they're attracted to, as, unless they become smitten with them as they're smitten with them, or if that makes any sense, if you will. But anyway, after they're captured and it's revealed uh, basically about what's going on and Fox apologizes saying, look, you know, I didn't know the truth. You know, I didn't... You have any real friends until I met, you know, I was just, basically, what happens, long story short, you know, after the truth is revealed, you know, and Fox of, you know, basically explains that she didn't have any real friends ends until she met, Rina, you know, that Renafred to her was her only real friend until she met the Rangers and Dale, and it's through this that uh, Fox of starts seeing Renafred for who she really is, because Winifred turns Dale into a frog, and uh, she sicks her other minions on him. And it's only through, uh, it's only through uh, Foxglove threatening to throw a brick uh, into the spell, into Winifred's uh, cauldron, if you will, that Winifred changes Dale back, and Foxglove's telling him, "Get out of here now! You know what her promises are worth," because she's starting to see the truth on about she's finally realizes you know what Renafred is really Renafred is really about and Dale's like no not without you who friends don't abandon each other and the way Dale's explains to her no not without you the way he says it shows that he has affection for her now and then he calls and then when she gets caught by the snake guy called Bud 
Dale tries to run to her saying, you know, calling to her Foxy. So, anyway, long story short, as I mentioned in the 30 Years of Foxy video, they they end up beating, uh, defeating Winifred, and the episode ends with the teasing that Dale and Fox have of the implication that they become an item somewhat, and a possible teasing that Dale, that Chip and Gadget could become an item. And then that's another thing, too, I want to bring up. Excuse me. Because it's in this episode that you get the idea that, you know, Chip... Because the episode basically begins with them at the movies, enjoying a, uh, a drive-in movie. And you get this idea right at the beginning that Chip just meant for him and Gadget to go to the movies and not have anybody else. And this, to me, is kind of a good callback to does Pav- pa- Pavlov, Pavlov ring a bell? Does Pavlov ring a bell? This is a good callback to it. Because as I said in one of my videos I did uh, several years ago that I recently made into a po- audio podcast of how it should have went. Basically, I talk about this scene at the beginning of the episode where Dale wants to go on a picnic with Gadget and Gadget misinterpretates it as, oh, you know, we're all going to go, the whole team. But Dale initially wants it to be just him and Gadget because he wants to get to know Gadget better, kind of win her affection, win her over, make him make her his girlfriend, stuff like that. Well, you kind of get that same uh, feeling here with Chip uh, and the whole drive-in movie deal. Because basically Chip wanted to use this opportunity with him and Gadget being alone and not with everybody else to try to win her affections over to him. And you kind of see this as well you kind of see this as well when Dale tries to offer some of the snacks he got from the concession stand. And Chip says, you know, you just sit back there. If we need anything, we'll send you a smoke signal. And then he looks towards uh, Gadget in an affectionate way like, now, where were we? And Gadget's got this look on her face like, uh, what was that about? Why did you do that? Because either she's not oblivious or she's oblivious to the fact that Dale, that Chip, just like Dale in the other episode that I mentioned, just initially wanted it to be him and her. But anyway, the episode kind of ends with a teasing that Dale is now with Foxglove, and there's a possibility Chip could end up with, with Gadget, um, if you will. So, anyway, long story, so anyway, I I think that might be the last one. You can kind of maybe say SS Drainpipe, which was written by Michael P. Nelson and Burl and Burt Brown, um, might be another one, but that's kind of you know out there, if you will. Again, you can kind of, like I say, you can kind of say that perhaps that is kind of teasing it a little bit because you have Dale and Gadget team up at the end to kind of help you know take down uh, Rat Capone, but you know that's. Here, here, neither here nor there. Um, let's see. You might even say that when they switch bodies in a fly in the ointment, and Dale's head ends up on Gadget's body, and Gadget's ends up on Dale's, that might be a tease there. Um. Uh, but you know, it, it's just you know, basically, this you know, you could look at different scenarios like. You could even look at Puffed Rangers as kind of having moments in there. 
a moment or so in there, maybe not. Um, you know, when Gadget's like, look, you know, a lot of kids might be disappointed, disappointed just like, you know, Dale um, in a toy not being in the car or in the cereal box. You know, so anyway, so anyway, there, there's a lot of different scenarios, but if you look at it, but if you look at it from a comparison standpoint, I think you might note, but what I'm trying to say, uh, if you look at it from a comparison standpoint, you might notice that there's something in uh, in the epi- you know, throughout the series that might be very evidential, very evidential, um, if you will. Okay, so getting back to what I was talking about by noticing that through everything that I just mentioned, things being very evidential, and everything that I've mentioned from Cattery's Not Included, the very first episode, to Dale Beside Himself, to, um, to you know, Double O Chipmunk, Creep in the Deep somewhat, if you want to look at it that way, Case of Stage Bright, or uh, Blight, you will, yeah, case of stage light. Um, uh, what else? Um, carpet snaggers, um, if you will. Um, all that, and, and including, like I said, um, Song of the Nightingale, uh, Double O Chipmunk, like I just mentioned, you know. When you look at all those, and then you compare them to the other episodes, whether, you know, other episodes out there, like, you know, even whether or not uh, you could throw in there, it definitely seems to me, you know, it definitely seems to me uh, that, with a few exceptions here and there, uh, basically it seems to me um, that there was a lot of favoritism. Yeah, I'm just drinking some orange juice there. Uh, but there was a lot of favoritism, in my opinion. My opinion. Um, um, that basically, it seemed to me that the creative staff, under under basically the direction of John Kimball and Bob Z- Zamboni, Bob Zamboni, that's his name, uh, basically, as well as under Tad Stones, because I think Tad Stones was the main person behind the series as well. I mean, he did help write, if not write, he did kind of help co-write and solo write some episodes as well, uh, along with uh, Kevin Hopps. Him and Kevin Hopps actually worked on the uh, on the uh, Rescue Rangers to the Rescue uh, pilot. But you could tell, um, in a sense, and again, maybe it's just me, Maybe it's just me. Uh, basically, you could tell, um, in a sense, that there was a lot of favoritism shown, in my opinion, uh, towards a potential Dale and Gadget romance. Now, the reason I bring that up is because of the fact that you look at all the episodes that I've mentioned that kind of dealt uh, with the whole Gadget romance thing, thing here. Excuse me. But like I say, you you look at all the episodes that dealt with the whole gadget romance thing that I talked about, 
especially the competitiveness of Chip and Dale for her affection, which is a callback to the classic uh, 1950s, 1960s short, Two Chips in a Mist, where they were doing the same thing over the female chipmunk lounge singer, Colise. Uh, basically, when you look at all these episodes that I mentioned that dealt with it or touched upon it, you could tell, in my opinion, that uh, basically, that basically, uh, they wanted that they well, I, I guess they wanted to try to tease a potential romance, or at least, or at least try to tease the fact that if they were going to go in that direction in the future that the most likely candidate was going to be Dale. Now, I could be wrong. They could have gone with Chip because, that, you know, Disney at that time and even nowadays always has the leader, the hero, if you will, getting the girl. So it would have made sense uh, in that category, especially when you look at the fact that when you get to good times, bad times, they end the episode with pretty much a tease that Dale has moved on to someone else and it's opened the door for Chip to be with Gadget. But that's never really confirmed until later on in the Boom Studios revival of the series where it's kind of, you know, teased even in um, some letters. As a matter of fact, let me let me see if I can find something here. Hold on, guys. As I was saying, um, you know, the, the Boom Studio comics, which revived the series as sort of a soft retcon continuation, um, you know, like I said, with good times, bad times, it's teased, if not implied, that Dale and Foxglove became an item, and it opens the door for, you know, Chip to end up with Gadget, or Gadget to choose Chip. Uh, basically, uh, when the Boom Studio comics came around, Foxglove's appearance, Foxglove's uh, interaction... Um, as a major character in there, believe it or not, uh, was a welcome surprise. And Ian Brill even acknowledged her um, as being Dale's sometimes girlfriend. So Ian Brill obviously uh, was a fan that grew up with the series. He said he always liked Dale and everything and preferred Dale. So I guess it doesn't make, I guess it's not much of a surprise that he would want Dale to have at least some kind of a happiness in his life outside of the team. And that happiness would be in the form of Foxglove. So, yeah, you could say that that kind of, you know, that kind of shut the door on a Dale and Gadget kind of deal. But still, there are a lot of fans, even to this day, that believe that there's always been evidence in the show that Dale was going to probably end up with Gadget or Gadget was going to choose Dale. Because, again, you take a look at a majority of the episodes that are listed or that I mentioned in this um audio, uh, video, audio podcast, if you will, you, you look at the list of episodes that are listed and a lot of them have to deal with the fact that the majority of them had Gadget showing affection towards Dale and kind of vice versa, if you will. And when you look at the other episodes that I listed off when it could come to like Chip or something like that, um, let's see... You know, like I said, you have um, Seer No Evil. Oh, you also have the beginning of Dirty Rotten Diapers. Dirty Rotten Diapers is a good one. Because uh, basically when Gadget suggests that they need to have a different, more kinder, safer approach, Chip's the first one to agree with her. And what does she do? You know, she kisses him on the cheek. So it's not the first time she's kissed 
so it's the second time she's kissed. Uh, she's given a kiss to one of the teammates. But this, but what's crazy about it though, is that even though she gives Chip a kiss on the on the cheek. Of course, you know, Dale sees this, and he immediately gets up and says, I agree with you, too, and he gets ready to pucker up, and he's getting ready to pucker up to get a kiss as well, and Gadget's got the smile on her face, like, hey, you know, you know, she's like, it's like she's looking forward to doing it, doing it, but then Chip gets in the way, like, oh, really, you're just agreeing now because of what she just did, or basically, Chip gets in the way by saying, you're only agreeing now because she kissed me, that's all you're getting, that's all, that's the only reason you're agreeing, so... Yeah, long so yeah, you kind of get an example like that. But then when you see that moment immediately after she gives a kiss on the cheek to Chip, and then it looks like she's gonna, uh, Dale's probably gonna get one as well from her. But it looks like more on the lips, or at least it's indicated at that that was gonna happen. It kind of shows you that, like I said, the creative staff under Tad Stones, the writing staff that is, was showing more favoritism towards or leaning towards more Dale and Gadget. A romance than I think anything else but but now when you look at you know e, you know what they did with the boom studios release it kind of again shuts maybe semi shuts that door on the Dale and Gadget thing and opens the door more for a chip and gadget thing but then again you take a look at the fact that in the boom studio comics in the final four issues of that run you have Tammy show up and it looks like they might want to tease something between Tammy and Chip. So, you know, so that oh, that possibly shuts the door there. Who knows? The thing is, when you get when you get down to it, when it comes to the whole gadget romance situation here in the show, when it comes to the show, uh, animation wise or comic book wise or whatever, the the door is just. You know, it's wide open for interpretation from anybody's perspective. But, like I said, when you look at all the episodes as I that I mentioned, a lot of them show that favoritism towards a D plus G ship. And I've always had this firm belief, I've always had this firm belief, that, I've always had this firm belief, that when the original idea to do a Disney Afternoon series of the uh, to do a uh, uh, hold on for okay when the initial idea came out that Disney through the Disney movie tunes division were planning to release theatrical movies based on Disney afternoon properties one of the properties that was being proposed for a theatrical movie was Rescue Rangers unfortunately as everybody knows DuckTales didn't do so well DuckTales Treasure of the Lost Lamp didn't do so well, and any plans that they had for any other future DuckTales movies, which they did have plans for, and any other future Disney Afternoon theatrical films that they had plans for, were shelved indefinitely. And he and when I read, like like everybody else did, that Rescue Rangers, I think was the second, uh, was the second Disney Movie Tunes film on the table to be. Uh, made into a theatrical film based on an ongoing Disney Afternoon uh, animated series. I knew, or uh, well, I didn't know, but I had this feeling. Even now, you're know, just talking about it. I had this feeling 
that Disney was going to use the Rescue Ranger movie to finally answer that question of who is Gadget going to end up with romantically? Who is going to be her love interest, you know, at the end? Because we have to think that, well, we have to speculate and, and theorize and think that the Rescue Ranger movie that was proposed to happen after the DuckTales one back in the early to mid-90s was going to serve as the finale for the franchise, the finale for the series, and that in here we were going to finally get the answer to who Gadget was going to choose to be her love interest, to be her beau, if you will. And I've always had this feeling, this theory, that it, and this speculation that because of all the evidence we got in Rescue Rangers, the series, that the movie would have had her choose Dale as her love interest. I'm, I'm not joking about it. Because again, you look at everything I've just mentioned with all the episodes that I brought up when it comes to the whole gadget romance deal. And you know who she probably would have ended up with. And all the different scenarios that played in and out. It definitely seems to me that that was the direction they were heading in. You know, basically having Gadget go with Dale. You know, Dale and Gadget being an item. Uh, which tells me that the movie would have had Dale be a focal point as possibly one of the main heroes of the story. You know, if you want to stay true to the whole Disney tradition of the hero gets the girl, there you go. Then you know, there you go. There's your answer. Um, but we'll never know. We will never really find out whether or not that was going to happen, or that would have been the case. The only person that probably knows is Tad Stones, because he was the one behind the scenes when they were proposing to do uh, the Rangers as the second or third movie in the Disney Movie Tunes Disney Afternoon theatrical film lineup. So, who knows? Who knows? I mean, I, I could be wrong about it. And if I am, you know, that's fine too. But I, I honestly think that there were plans, in my opinion, my opinion, for them to probably have Gadget choose... Uh, her her beau, her love interest in the movie. And I think as much as people would love for her to have chosen Chip, because that, from a continuity standpoint, would make sense, since they were teasing the fact that Dale was going to end up with Foxglove. Um, I think, honestly, they were going to probably go with Dale and Gadget. Because, again, you had so many moments, in my opinion, in the episodes that I mentioned, that they were going that it just seemed too obvious that they were going to go in that direction. Now, some might say, well, even... Now, some may say, and they even have said it, that even though it seemed obvious that might have been the direction they were going to go in, that they could have gone in the direction of Chip and Gadget instead with the movie. And that's true. They could have. But again, like I said, we may never know. The only person that may have any clue about that is Tad Stones. But, you know, that's... But that's just, you know, for a future reference in the future or something like that a future acknowledgement in the future uh future acknowledgement when the time is right but like i said i honestly in my opinion because of everything that was shown in the series everything that i just mentioned i think they would i think honestly the whole romance the whole answer as to you know from the romance perspective for gadget <coughs> excuse me hold on Sorry about that, I got something in my throat. But basically, basically the, I believe the answer to who Gadget would have cho chosen from the whole romance perspective, I think it was leaning towards more, toward, 
I think it was leaning more towards Dale, in my opinion. I really do. I mean, it just seemed too obvious. I mean, if it wasn't obvious, they would have evened out the show of affection Gadget had with Dale and Chip. But it seemed to show more favoritism towards Dale more than anything else. Uh, I think you can even see it somewhat in some of the books that they did at that time. You know, it's just too, there's just too much evidence, in my opinion. Just too much evidence. And, again, I know people are listening to this, and hopefully you've taken your time in listening to it, uh, will argue that and say that's not true. But I think it is. I think, honestly, when you look at all the moments in the series that outshine what, you know, outshine the other moments, like the chip and gadget moments and stuff like that, I think it's just too evidential. There's too much evidence, in my opinion. Like I said, there's just too much evidence, in my opinion, to prove otherwise that that wasn't the direction they were going to go in. So, in my opinion, as I've mentioned before, I think they were going to go with Dale and Gadget. And it's not because that since I was a kid, I supported uh, this ship or anything like that. It's because even as a kid, it was too obvious that it looked like that was the direction they wanted to go in. But, again... The only person that could give us that answer is Tad Stones. So, overall, I just wanted to come on here, and I know this is a lot longer than my initial Gadget Romance talk that I did many years ago, but I just wanted to come on here just give you my thoughts um, to tie into what's been going on over the past 48 hours, you know, Disney-wise. Uh, just give you my thoughts on the whole Gadget Romance deal and how I think, you know, and how I think it would have gone and what direction... You know, they would have taken it in and, and basically who I think, despite everything that I've mentioned, all the avenues and directions and ups and downs and hills and obstacles and all that. Um, I, again, I honestly think, you know, in my opinion, the direction they would have gone in, the, the final result would have been here in Dale. So and that would have been revealed, in my opinion, in what was originally planned to be the animated film back in the early to mid 90s. So, anyway, though, guys, just thought I'd come on here, like I said, and, and talk about this. And that's all. That's about it. That's all I could say. Uh, let me know what you guys' thoughts are on what I had to say here. Um, do you agree with uh, the speculation of what I mentioned of, you know, the, of what direction I think they would have gone in? Because, again, the evidence is just there. You know, you know, do you agree that when it comes to the whole gadget romance deal that they would have gone with Dale? Or do you think they would have gone with Chip? Or do you think they would have not done it at all? Uh, let me know what you guys think down below. Comment if you like. I would like to hear from each and every one of you. And I am out. God bless. Take care. Peace.